The Trek Geeks Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. Definitely a big shift in tone this episode as the crew comes face to face this time with the terrifying enemy of this first season of Strange New Worlds, the Gorn. But the enemy might be closer than it appears when survivors of a maroon ship attacked by the Gorn are rescued by the Enterprise crew. Between a crew member with past trauma of a Gorn encounter and Vulcan releasing repressed rage at a crewman's death, will the away team have what it takes to survive? It feels like an episode of Aliens or Predators, or both today, on Strange New Worlds, and I admit this episode took me by surprise, especially with a Tasha Yar-esque moment toward the end. Was this a fun sci-fi horror, or did this fall too far outside of the set expectations from what we've come to know for Strange New Worlds this season? Let's find out. It's episode 9 of Strange New Worlds, All Those That Wander, written by Davy Perez and directed by Christopher J. Byrne. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek. Or on Facebook, you can join the conversation on Camp Kittimer. Answer a few simple questions and our admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark, will let you in. A reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Strange New Worlds episodes, All Those Who Wander. If you have not watched yet, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and head back. Failure to do so leaves you open to spoilers. I'm Matthew Simone, and I'm joined today by Yvette Blackmon Tom, and of course, my co host over on With the First Link, Ruthie Kalper Samoshi. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I found this episode a little jarring. I'm sensitive to gore and such, and I had been prepared that that was a thing in Picard. We've seen some stuff like that. Discovery, we've seen some things like that. We hadn't really seen anything like that quite yet in Strange New World. I guess I should have seen it foreshadowed because there was some kind of like blood and stuff sprayed across the ground on episode four when we were first introduced to the Gorn. Ruthie, you're you're joining in, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you this time. I, how did you feel about this one? You basically you crammed Strange New Worlds in like just the last couple of days. To I prep, did. Yeah, to prep for being here today. So I so did. you you all this is probably fresh in your brain. Did you find this a little bit kind of jarring? It felt uh, creepy, for sure. The stakes felt real, which I liked. That was, everything felt like earned. It wasn't sort of, you two talked about some maybe like not real heartstrings in a, a couple episodes ago. So th this, everything felt very earned. It actually reminded me, you said Alien and Predator, but I was thinking Jurassic Park with the raptors. Mm. Oh, uh, at yeah, some okay. point, which I haven't seen that movie in forever, but that's, that's the feeling that I got. Yeah, I, it was a thumbs up for me. I, I liked this, the stakes. I felt like we got some growth for quite a few characters and it felt like a good, I don't know, something Star Trek does, not always, but sometimes the penultimate episode is like, they sort of 
they reach a, a, a quite a peak there and then they kind of let you breathe in the, the season finale. So I, I, I hope that's what's happening here. I hope we can breathe a little more in the next one. I, I want to get back to what you said there about growth in a second, but so let, okay. let me play, I'm planting that seed in my brain. So I want to talk about that more. I thought it was, so, you know, every week, I'm, well, not every week, but I've been saying this is my favorite episode. Yeah. This is my favorite episode. Oh, really? Okay, and okay. Not that I like gore and horror, but I don't think this was really gore and horror. I think it was a good, it was a good horror episode. It, it, a lot of, like, like Ruthie said, everything in there was earned. It wasn't for shock and horror. It was, it was a storyline and that, that is what happened. And I felt all of it. It reminded me of, the thing oh it's been, it's been a long time since i've seen yeah the yeah, thing yeah, that's yeah. what it reminded me of this the frozen planet and everything mm-hmm. um and of course it reminded me of aliens because they kept popping out of the poor guy <laughs> but i definitely so so far this is um oh i've seen them all but this is this is my favorite this is my favorite episode um it okay. just had everything you know i love an episode that has every character in it every character has something going on it just did it did a lot for me you know, okay. um, not crazy about horror, but I thought it was it was really good. Wow. Okay. I was what I I would admit when I first got out of this, I was like, I hate this episode. Like I don't like it. I don't like that we went this direction. I didn't like you know the the ripping out of people and everything else. And of course, we have a big loss of a crew member in this episode. Yeah. I was angry about that too because. <laughs> I feel like we had just kind of started getting into Hammer and then all of a sudden he's out at the end of this episode. I was like, what? And I was upset about that. I thought something was going to happen right last minute. We're going to like save him and we're good. But oh, yeah. I guess, I guess <laughs> like we know at some point we have to start making room for these other original series characters. And we know that Scotty has to be engineer at some point. So I was like, I guess we can't have Hammer forever, but death though. So I, I'm rethinking it now that you both have said this. I was like, maybe I've misjudged this episode too much. And maybe it was more like the shock uh, initially of it. Like Ruthie, I was thinking, well, you mentioned character growth, but I thought I didn't, maybe I missed some of that in here. So tell me about the character growth that you saw in this episode. I think we nicely saw Pike really like leaning into his dad role yep. on the ship. He's not different, but he's just kind of really really owning that and part of some of it was felt some of it felt very intentional with the like oh, we're gonna pile the kids in the station wagon and take a road trip but <laughs> the moment that that really got me was when he put the apron on Spock uh, and said yeah. you take over the dishes the warmth there there's something about also like a Starfleet officer in an apron that I find incredibly sweet <laughs> like with Riker and Picard when he's making the pizza and yeah, and yeah. then Pike and Spock both in their aprons over their uniforms. Like I just, I think we see some of that with Cisco too in Deep Space mm-hmm. Nine. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I find that really, really sweet. Spock, like feeling his feelings. I think in my experience, that's one of the hardest things to do is really feeling those feelings. And and I know obviously it's different for a Vulcan, but just kind of seeing him go through that seeing the the relationship between Hemmer and Uhura carry on and the two of them I mean he I feel like he grew from what we saw at the beginning of this series he came across as much more cold and part mm-hmm. of that was him kind of you know yanking her chain a little bit mm-hmm. but but I think yeah that it felt like these characters are their relationships are are just becoming more 
more real. We really see the, the love that they have for each other. The scene where, where the senior staff are all talking around the kitchen together. Um, there was just a lot of, a lot of love and a lot of care there. Uh, also with the doctor and like dealing with his trauma. La'an. Yeah. I mean, she really yes. grew into her character. Unfortunately, we were losing her too. There was a lot. The reason why I think this was a great episode, I, I agree with you, Matthew, that it, it jarred me. Yeah. Because like I said, I watched it and that was it. I, I turned off the TV. I, I couldn't, I was done. I, I had to, I had to get through that. That was sure. a lot. It was a it lot was, going on yeah. in that episode. And then, because we're all thinking, oh, he's going to go outside. He's Andorian. It's going to be fine. No, <laughs> not at all. So I had to reset. I watched it again. And then I really, that part that Ruthie was talking about with them at the kitchen table that was a critical part of this whole episode. It set it up. This was going to be something at the end that was going to be felt by everyone because they, they're a crew now. They're a family now. Yeah. Just anytime you're eating with your crew, especially with the captain, you, you know you actually becoming you know a crew. That's what Cisco did. He invited everybody over to eat. They even wharf came he wasn't happy about it but he was there too <laughs> but i'm just saying you know and i love i love the setup how they talked how the food was so good that even laon was like hey this yeah. is good pass that cheese you know and then here comes the i didn't even know the doctor was there all of a sudden he's talking about waffles try the waffles yeah i think that part really set it up to make it this a really good episode yeah, and you have that moment with Uhura there too, where it seems more that she's she's engaged with the crew and wanting to integrate in the crew, and it seems like she's made more of a decision to maybe stay. Um, so yeah, there may be more character growth going on behind the scenes there than I was than I in my jarred moment I was I was giving credit for it. So thank you. Yeah, it was jarring. Yeah, I noticed there was also this moment with Lon, and I wondered when she gets she gets this moment where she's really upset with with the young girl who survives in the ship. And she's like, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us that you thought or this or that this other this person who's protecting you, this other alien that's with them is is uh, is infected. And I wondered if that point, like, are we looking at her trauma? Is she yelling at herself? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a really nice moment between Lon and Benga. He almost implies that she's projecting, but then he says, no, I'm actually the one who's projecting. But then he yes. also says she needs support and you are kind of the best person to give her that support in saying that he doesn't say it outright but he basically tells laon that she isn't broken that she is capable of healing because he says she's capable of healing just like you i almost thought at one point he was gonna say she's capable of healing in a way that you weren't because you haven't dealt with it yet but he didn't go that way nope no he said she you can help her become like you yeah and I think that was important for Lon to hear. Yeah. yeah. He actually uses his daughter's name there. The little refers, girl. It was a little girl that he, mm -hmm. yeah, he refers to as he realizes that he's kind of, he might be projecting his own stuff going on there. And even in that moment of, of, of turmoil, is able to reverse it and you have that kind of self-reflective moment. A moment here where Spock, Spock kind of like uncorks a bottle here and uh, decides to deep, dip into the rage. What's, what, what's, what do you think is going to happen with Spock now? As a result of this, he says he, he might have released something he can't put back. I'm not second guessing these, these writers because um, anything could happen next season. I'm thinking that it's going to be a ramped up. I think we're going to see a lot more of Spock's emotions because we still have, what, seven years until we get to him and uh, Kirk. So 
I think we're going to get a lot of that. We're going to get a lot of uh, almost with him and uh, Christine because there's, there's a lot of tension going on there. I wondered if this might lead, if that might be the catalyst is how that happens. Maybe more emotions near the surface. And maybe that's what allows this relationship with Christine to happen. Ruthie, what do you think? This might be like me projecting now, but <laughs> sometimes I think that when people sometimes don't don't really access their emotions that often, their reaction to any emotion can mm. be anger. Oh, Wow. And I feel like Spock is dealing with that, that he felt anger and then later he's feeling grief and sadness, but his reaction to it is more anger. Wow. We dealt with him before with this. I mean, on Discovery, you know, he likes anger. He really felt it on the Discovery. He, he was kind of marinating in that, that anger there. So uh, this is not new for him. This is like pattern and practice with him. He this, I haven't seen him with anything else. But anger, <laughs> when he dives into it. But yeah, he did it before. So, you know, he's good at it. I was going to say one thing I, I didn't like. It was just a moment. And it was at the end when he grabs uh, Chapel's wrist. Mm -hmm. To me, that's such a common thing that you see where like this man gets angry and he accidentally like grabs a woman's wrist too hard or like accidentally like hits someone. Or I mean, I'm glad they didn't take it farther than that. But I thought... This is a better show than that. That is, to me, that's a little, that's not earned. That's a little cheaper. I was a little disappointed with it. I can live with it. It's over. It happened. It's done. But I think that Strange New Worlds is better than that. Another friend of mine and I, we, we've, we've done often, we'll do like TNG, Voyager and, and Deep Space Nine uh, watch throughs. And one of the things we picked up on is that it's pretty common for for women in the show to be grabbed, to be held, to talk to you, like grab the shoulders, grab the arms. And one of the things we really love about that is the one person to respond back to it directly is Kira. Oh, yes. And the one time <laughs> Kira gets grabbed by Damar and then she beats the crap out of him and beats knocks him ass. unconscious. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, go you. As she should, you know, we just don't, I, that's exactly what we expect from Kira. It's so funny when you said that, I didn't even think of it, but I do remember that that instant like perfectly and I don't know why I didn't pick up on it until you said it. and I was like hmm and I remember I actually like vividly remember him doing that and I did get kind of a reaction but I kind of just let it go but until you said it I was like yeah I do remember that yeah so yeah, yeah. thanks for bringing that up again I'm yeah. glad we still have certain people writing these shows you know yes yes we do <laughs> yeah. so It'll get better, hopefully. We got to keep talking about it. That's what it is. Yeah, just keep talking right. about bringing it up. And finally, I was going to ask how people, I know we, we've touched on a little bit. I, I'm, I'm really upset that Hammer died. It made me angry. I think that's one of the things that clouded this episode for me as I was so mm -hmm. angry that, because uh, I didn't think that was going to happen, that you kind of touched on this. They mentioned the cold and maybe the Gorn aren't good with the cold. So maybe he can go outside and it, it's right. his biology that allows him to like survive it or like purge the eggs or whatever. Uh, it's also a very strange reproduction cycle for the Gorn. They can just spit. Yeah, that, that that's kind of <laughs> creepy too, you know? Yeah. I mean, wait, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like I just impregnate you by sitting at you from a distance. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh god. But but that to me was that reminded me of like the tribbles. Cause you know, when they're when they showed they're like, and McCoy's like, the best I can tell is that they're born pregnant. Oh, and I was Lord. like, that's the, these what they're born and then it, they immediately start like yeah. spreading their eggs. Spreading their eggs or semen or eggs. I don't know Whatever what was going it's on not, there. Yeah. Uh, wow. 
I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, they're even. Can you? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm glad we had this conversation because I was I was thinking about the episode afterward today on the way home, and I knew we'd have to talk about it. And I was like, okay, is this anything worse than we've seen in TNG with Best of Both Worlds? Like we have an enemy that can at a distance or it can reach up and like basically impregnate you with nanoprobes. It can make you one of them or it uses you to your purposes. It takes away your individuality. In a way, they're trying to create like a new rival to something that's scary in that universe and, and you know, in this through this Gorn reboot. So then I wondered if maybe I, I was allowed to be up, as upset about it. You should be upset about it. It was upsetting. It was upsetting, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think it's okay to to be upset with it in the sense that you have a loss of a character. But in a way, I felt kind of betrayed by the show because I, I don't think I expected a main character to be gone within the first season. Uh, one thing I will say though, I, I kind of poked at this at the beginning by saying it was, it was Tashiar esque. But I think one thing about this is they let Hammer go out on his own terms, mm-hmm. and which is a lot different than Tasha. And I did appreciate that about his death. It was a good out. I mean, he was noble. He was Starfleet. He went out with a blaze of glory, and he he saved Ahura. I mean, because yeah. it was it was gonna be her, and he jumped in front of her. Yeah. They don't usually go out so well in Star Trek. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you know? It was a beautiful scene too. Just the shot yes. of him yeah. falling from the ship was just, I actually had to go back and look at it because I I couldn't tell like right. exactly where they were positioned in the ship, you know, from the outside. And so I was like, wait, is that, oh, he's falling. That's Right. I, I went back also. I was like, wait, yeah. wait, is he dying? Is yeah. this, oh, wait, is he going to die? <laughs> I thought he was going to go outside. And I I actually didn't, I wasn't surprised by the death. I didn't expect it throughout the mm-hmm. episode. But when when he said, I'm going to step outside now, I kind of figured, oh, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think he was going to fall like that. And yeah. I, But it was it was beautifully done. And just with the backdrop of the, the, the planet. And I'm glad Hammer <laughs> got some like really good screen time in the last episode then as well. You know, as yes. his, like as science magician. Um, <laughs> you know, we were talking yeah. about that episode last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am a wizard. I'm a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> but I will miss Hammer. I, I felt like I was just getting used to him as a character, like really starting to love him. That also shows the writing power of the show is that they, they've made us love characters so quickly that even just in a couple episodes, we're like, what? You can't take that character away from me. Right. They could take away uh, Sam Kirk, though. Y'all can take oh him right away. Oh, my goodness. That's the one, one character. I'm, oof, he needs to hurry up and go to that little planet he was supposed to be on because, man, I can't take him. He was bugging me so much with his, oh, now we're going to be, at least we'll be warm when they kill us. Oh, now we're going to be bait. Like, what are you doing that's helpful here? Nothing. Nothing. And then he did pull Spock out of the way, which was good. I watched it again. Pike told him, who was the the new lieutenant? Pike said, Sam, grab him. Oh, do you? He never never moved. He just stood there and watched as Spock, Spock was down. I was like, this guy, get rid of him. And then he goes, we did it. We did it. I'm like, we, you did nothing. <laughs> you did absolutely, oh. I was like, he. I, I made a joke today. He went to a uh, virtual Starfleet Academy because no, <laughs> <laughs> he was on campus. Nope. Yeah, he did, he did the Zoom classes on <laughs> yeah, that one. He definitely yeah. did the virtual. <laughs> nice. I was surprised uh, they brought him back after uh, the Comet episode. I figured he was right. done. I was like, right. you know, brain dead or whatever. And nope. 
that one officer gets just kind of taken away and then and then killed and i that was one thing i thought was a bit shocking we don't really talk about that character afterwards they just kind of get dragged off and it's used as a foil oh, for spock to get angry but that's like oh, that's yeah. kind of a but i it. mean come on we knew we knew those two wait when they just showed up yeah they were the red shirts we should have seen yeah, no red shirts on, but they just showed up i was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the minute i saw it i was like well i don't think they'll be around especially yeah. you just get promoted like right so we, like, we invest just enough but not not as much as we had with hammer but just enough Ah, uh, see, yeah. now I feel like an idiot. I should have seen this coming. You should have realized we're still watching an original series era. Uh, That's episode. right. Yeah. You should know better. It's <laughs> on you. I know. I know. Oh, All right. Man. <laughs> We'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Fansets merchandise, as we know, is the leader in pin collectibles for Star Trek, but they offer more than that. In addition to Star Trek, you can find pins for The Big Bang Theory, Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. As a listener to the show, you can receive 10% off your next order from Fansets by using the code TREKGEEKS, all capital letters, at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders $30 or more. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. All right, awards. I mean, I guess this is sort of an award for the, the writers, but I have some awards for specific lines. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's allowed. Favorite lines are allowed. So the first one is that's not how linguistics work. (laughs) My mother is a she's a retired linguistics professor, and my my father also studied linguistics, and I grew up with a lot of linguistics. And I think that a lot of people think that linguists just speak all every single language. And that's not, I mean, a lot of linguistics a lot of linguists do know many languages, but that's not what linguistics is. (laughs) So when, uh, and it, I think it was, it was well done with Lal yeah. saying like, Uhura, do something. She was like, that is not the way I can't just figure works. out what this means. But I also really like that then Uhura did figure out what to do using a different skill. She just kind of logically said, oh, wait, there's another, there's another life sign. Maybe, maybe this one's protecting the other life sign. So this is maybe an award for, for Hemmer, but and so this is the actor, uh, Bruce Horak, and also the, the writing, a couple of the lines that he had with, uh, of course, the people you care about are going to cause you pain. It will hurt, but the love it yields will far outweigh the sorrow. That to me was also just a big piece of the, the whole thing with the episode that you can't let the good in without, without taking a risk that it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt sometimes. And then Uhura kind of repeats that at the funeral. Those are my, oh, and uh, the score. And it's Nami Malumad is the, the uh, especially that scene at the end where they've got the like original Trek theme yes. with the like Uhura's communications mm-hmm. sounds yep. over it. That was, and with just her looking at that and thinking, yeah, no, I think I might find a place for myself here. Those are my awards. Thank you, Ruthie. Yvette, do you want to go next? So I'm also going to give an award to Hammer because he sacrifices himself for Aurora. I love that their their little friendship all through the all through the series has gotten even closer. I just love that. Number two is for the Gorn. 
<laughs> for terrifying the hell out of me. They're scary. And also breaking into my uh, top five Star Trek horror episodes at number three. Oh, wow. So yeah, it comes after Impulse and Park Noir and now All Those That Wander. And then, of course, uh, Spock brought the funny again. Um, <laughs> he goes, another human drinking game. Does their number have no limit? <laughs> That's what I used to ask when I lived on, when I worked on campus, supervising resident students. I felt the same way. I used to ask that myself. You didn't uh, go to college? <laughs> I, mean, I did. But when oh, I had to supervise okay. the resident students, I was like, how many of these things can you possibly come up with that <laughs> well, did land you in the hospital? God. Well, yeah. I don't, I'm not even going to, because I feel like I'm being attacked. So I'm just going to leave that alone <laughs> I had two. So one, I, I, this, you've already both covered this, but I was going to go with Hammer as well. So Bruce Horak, whenever he came on, I didn't know how I would feel about him. And I think that that was intentional in the writers. He did come yeah. off as cold, but you could tell that like with the, the way that he was, that he was teasing Uhura, but it was kind of planned out with Spock. And so you could see that there was heart mm -hmm. in there and yeah. that inside he's actually this big softy, even though he's kind of got this hard exterior. And then by the end we're sold on the character. And so I was right up until the end like you're saying ruthie about that scene with them falling out of the ship i was like no they're not actually doing this mm -hmm. are they but they pulled it off and the actor pulls it off and they did such a great job i also thought laon does a great job in this one as well just in terms of like like that that character has helped us understand why the gorn are scary it reminds me in a way of kind of like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings like you always look to Gandalf to know how scared you should be about something because Gandalf's yes. like when you're Gandalf is scared you know it's like something serious <laughs> is going on and so like Lon is, has all this experience with the Gorn and so you don't know what to expect but all this time that character has been foreshadowing what's happening but not in a way that's like oh I'm gonna cower you know and get super scared every time that they show up which would still be justified but instead is like no i'm going to go to action here's what we need to do we need to like be, respond in this way we need to anticipate this kind of behavior but we still get this moment of vulnerability that comes out with that one survivor and and with mabenga so i thought all of that came out was really good so those would be my two that i'm going to go with for this episode and thank you both because you've given me a better appreciation of this episode than i had when i initially I think you'll it. like it i think you'll look at other things the next time you watch it and not just focus on what's going to happen at the end because there's a lot of good good in this episode i don't like scary stuff it was scary it was yeah. scary yeah, it, it was, was ter they're terrifying <laughs> just yeah, the yeah. noise oh. you know oh, was terrifying. Yeah, I, I think i mean i think it was well done the way they kind of showed it uh through their eyes too mm -hmm. and just yeah. like yeah that part i really enjoyed like i said i watched it three times so the last time i watched it, i really so i know what what's going to happen so i really was kind of really watching it and i like you said they they showed through their eyes you know there was a lot of good stuff in there just like all of them there's a lot of good stuff i i mean i don't think this like there hasn't been a misstep in any episode yet and i'm like, I'm, I mean, not, not like that. I, I know you didn't like, the, um, <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It had a really long title, but the, with the little boy, but yeah. I mean, when I think of the, the Trek that I watch most often, it's like, I mean, TNG and then deep space nine. And in the first season, there are always like bumps and, oh, and yeah. I feel like this one, they, they know what they're doing. None of the episodes has been like, so cringy, right. They're not like playing a silly game and sing, singing a silly song. Like. <laughs> Alamarine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a really solid season, I think. No, no code of honors here. No, no, no. 
Yeah, when Ruthie and I did that episode, we decided Woo! we basically just skipped it. We kind we of just like good. did a quick was, like I, I, You know what? Now I respect you more and more. I'm glad you just skipped it. <laughs> Said we're not going to talk about it. Not going to dignify it with that. That's it. They did that on the cruise. We made we had a bet going because they played TNG all the time. So after everything was over, we'd be in the promenade and it would be playing and we'd be drinking and watching it, and it would go back. You know, they play every single episode and then it would go back so we would watch encounter far point and then we would watch the um the horny episode <laughs> the yeah. white kid oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the gravity naked. water naked yeah. the naked one and then yeah. we know it's coming next and we were like they're gonna play i said they're gonna play it like, nope they're not gonna play it i was like i got five hours and they're gonna play it they didn't play it nice okay. Yeah, that's great. It's, yeah, you know, there are some people I know who like say, well, you have to show the, you know, the bad and the good. And mm-hmm. I agree with mm-hmm. that. But yeah. there are some things that I think, <laughs> no, they do not deserve any airtime. No, especially and Ruthie, you had pointed out that even some of the actors in retrospect look at that episode and they're like, this is a terrible episode. We should. Oh, have yeah. it. It's that, I, yeah. um, most of them have have very big opinions about that. Next week is episode 10. It's the season finale of the first season of Strange New Worlds, Quality of Mercy. Just as Captain Pike thinks he's figured out how to escape his fate, he's visited by his future self who shows him the consequences of his actions. Looking forward to that one. That's a good one. We got one more to go, buddy. Library computer, data being received. Don't forget that you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and of a lot of other perks. If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com forward slash Trek Geeks, where subscriptions start at low as $2 per month. For more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcast on the network. In addition to discovering Trek, there is Trek Geeks, Rewind, Polytrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Drawn to Trek, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, Science Station 2, with the first link and the newest addition to the network, ConPod, about Star Trek conventions. You can find all these shows and where to listen on trekgeeks.com forward slash listen or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And that was Discovering Trek Strange New Worlds Episode 9, All Those Who Wander. Thanks again to Ruthie for joining us this week. You can find both Ruthie and I on our other show with the first link, reviewing episodes of The Next Generation through a contemporary lens. And you can also find Yvette on The Sci-Fi Sisters, where science fiction meets Afrofuturism. Both are shows hosted here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Trek Geeks, nobody talks Trek like we do.
Thank you.